Welcome to Curveball Defied. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of having Federic Piquet. Federic received his engineering degree from the National School of Computer Science and Applied Mathematics of Grenoble. On today's podcast, we will discuss his life as an investor and co-founder of Pi2 and Chance. Thank you so much, Federic, for coming on to today's podcast. We want to get started and know a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial upbringing and kind of what made you want to go on this journey? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so I started first uh, doing some uh, math and computer science, uh, becoming an engineer uh, in statistics. Uh, then I hesitated quite a lot between the different jobs I could do in finally. Um, I chose to go for the finance world and um, I worked a couple of years in a big French bank, then for more or less 11, 12 years in an American hedge fund. And I realized little by little that I took a lot of pleasure in uh, um, taking decisions myself, participating to strategy discussions. And little by little, it became obvious to me that I had to become an entrepreneur and have my own um, projects uh, to fulfill my professional life. Yeah. And you made that switch at 41 and you decided to kind of bet on yourself and start everything. What gave you that confidence that you could actually do this so much later in your life? Yeah. So I had done a, a few other things as well as an entrepreneur. So um, I had done a, a few companies. The most notable one would be the um, uh, I created a company in 2014 that were doing electrical boats and paddle boats. Uh, it was something that I wanted to do totally different. Uh, but the thing I would say is that I knew since the beginning, just after my school, when I was 22, 23, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. The question would be more, when is it going to happen? Uh, I was close to start something uh, around 2001, but at the time it was very different, much harder to create a startup. You needed to invest a lot in uh, hardware. There was no cloud. Uh, so everything needed to be um, much more framed than now. And, and now the fact that with uh, very little money, you can start a business, uh, encourage a lot of people and me in particular. But to answer your question, the, the real reason why is just that I knew that I wanted to decide uh, about the main choices I would do. And I wanted to decide about the field I would work on. Uh, it was pretty obvious to me that uh, it would come very naturally to me if I decided the work I would do. And I wouldn't work any day of my life if I was uh, choosing about um, the field I was involved in. And, um, and yeah, that was very, very clear to me. So the thing is that finance helped me um, putting money aside. And then when I decided to start my, to launch my own company, um, it was uh, much easier and much handier. I wouldn't recommend that. I would recommend entrepreneur people to start doing some entrepreneur stuff and not wait too much. But yeah, I waited more or less 12, 13 years before doing it myself. The best thing about your type of investment thesis is that you guys invest super, or you guys invest in early stage startups. When you're investing early on, it's less about the financials. It's more about the passion and the people. Can you talk a little bit more about why you're so interested in those early stage? Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, it's one of the reasons why I stopped uh, being on the listing 
markets uh, with a hedge fund, uh, and and I went to private equity or venture capitalism. Um, the main reason when you go early with a company, everything is strategical. Every decision is strategical. Every hire is extremely important. And if you mishire someone, then maybe you're gonna go bust just because of that bad hire. Um, and I like um, when, when there is that heightened awareness that everything is going to be important and we're going to discuss strategy from day one. Um, this, this is going to be a discussion in general. I'm not the guy that takes responsibility for choosing stuff. I'm just the guy that gives advices and say, okay, here we have three choices. I prefer that one, but you are the guy in charge. Choose. Um, but those discussions, I love to have them. If you, if you look at the same company five years after, you don't have the same kind of discussions. It's more about execution and the play becomes more, okay, how well are we going to execute that plan? And personally, I'm less interested in ex pure execution. I'm much more interested in strategy and trying to build together um, the possible ways in which the company could survive. And, and so this is, this is very, very different. So my, my job before was uh, we were investing for a hedge fund, uh, like average, average size, it was a long time ago, so I can talk about it, but $60 million, it was long or short. So you would bet on the company or bet that the company would go down or not, not do so well. And you wouldn't speak a lot about strategy uh, with the CEOs or the C-level guys. You would talk about, okay, what do you intend to do? Do you intend to buy uh, new companies? Uh, how is your gross margin or the operating margin? Do you think that you, you could gain two points in the next two years? We're talking about like things that you need to have a, a, a loop and take a look and, and, and change very little things. I'm not so interested in that. I'm much more interested in, okay, you're thinking that uh, your monitoring tool can help for kidney disease. Do you think that we could do the same thing and it could help as well for heart disease? This is much more significant and much more, um, I don't know how I would say, but uh, it, it helps me getting up in the morning. I would say that because of the level of discussion we're having. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for cutting you off there. I was just putting in the no word. One thing no that I wanted to say that I think is really as well interesting is that you tend to invest when you do invest later on, it's with companies that you've invested in in the seed round. Why do you continue to support the companies that you invested in early on as opposed to bet on new companies? Yeah, this is very, very important. Um, first, uh, because if as an investor, um, you are, okay, I invest in seed, but I don't invest later on, it gives a very bad signal uh, to any new investors that would like to invest, let's say, in uh, Series A and sees that a historical investor is not involved. This is a very bad signal. You don't want to send that kind of signal. Uh, and so as such, the, the founders wouldn't choose uh, an entity that would only invest in seed and wouldn't do uh, follow-on turns. But there are other reasons that are very important. Um, in general, when you invest, uh, you do projections. You imagine that things could work in a certain way. And in general, when you are the first to invest, um, it's kind of cheap 
is well in Europe it's a little bit cheaper than in the US, but the price we're talking about it's a few millions. Uh, as soon as uh, two years, three years after, um, the founders have proven their points and they are they have found their product market fit. For example, they start to have some traction. It's going to be much more expensive. So some people would say, okay, why are you going to invest twenty five years after you invested at X? Why are you going to invest at five X? The reason is very simple. It's like in between, maybe I've been a board member. Maybe I've been discussing one of the times with the founders. Maybe I know the company much more than before. And maybe what was a projection or an imagination part of me becomes now what's happening in front of my eyes. So yeah, it's going to be five times more expensive, but it's going to be 10 times less risky. And so as a risk reward, which is the only thing that financial people are looking at, it's more interesting. Okay, it's more expensive, but it's less risky, much less risky. And so as such, I think that the investments that come um, as the layer number two or number three are the ones that are the most interesting from a fun, fun uh, point of view. Well, and you mentioned a little bit about risk. How do you evaluate the potential risk and reward of the investment? And can you provide an example of an investment that didn't turn out the way that you expected it to? Yeah, so what we try to do is that we try to, to think about the future. It's very hard to do that, but we are doing a tree of possibilities, more or less. Um, scenario one could happen, scenario two, scenario three. In general, the time frame is not the same. Sometimes the scenario one um, is done within two years. Sometimes scenario two, it takes five years to be done and that kind of things. And then one of the things that we do, because we cannot use usual valuation uh, methods is that we're trying to uh, map um, what can possibly happen, put some uh, likelihood on every branch of the tree, if you want, and then put a value to it. And then we just do a simple calculation to know, okay, what is it worth right now? But the important thing is not to do that because it's very theoretical to do that kind of things. The important thing is to be what we call uh, a pre-mortem, so you think about the, 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 the dead person before it's dead. And so you, you think about the dead company before it's, or the dead startup before it's dead. And you're like, okay, if it starts to go the wrong uh, branches of the tree, why is that? And so then you start to list the two or three reasons that you can think of in advance that could happen. And then any, you, you start to look at numbers or signs that will prove to you that we're going the wrong way. And so that way, that way of mapping, calculating, and then having some ideas of what could go wrong, help you um, when it's real and when we start to execute the plan, um, make you more aware, okay, we're going the wrong direction right now, have some uh, red signals here and there. Let's rethink about what could be done and let's rethink about the strategy. But in general, every year, that's what I do. I redo that tree. I rethink about what could have changed and I read what was my investment memo when I started investing just to make sure that I don't change uh, the reasons why I'm into that company. Uh, and I, I still know why I invested in it. Is it playing out or not? And are some of the bad branches of the tree um, are we far away from them or are we going into them? And so that way uh, I can help, not all the time, but I can help the founders. 
And then, um, yeah, it can go wrong in so many directions. It can go wrong because you are wrong about the people and you think that the person would be resilient, whereas it's not, uh, for example. It can go wrong because uh, you, you you create a product and you realize two years after that there's not a lot of market for it or there's such a little market that you're not going to be able to scale, be able to do one company, but that's not going to be very ambitious at all. It can go wrong in so many directions. So that's that's a beautiful part about it. We need to stay humble about it and to know that it can go wrong in so many so many different ways. Um, I, I don't know if you want me to give you a few examples, but I changed the way I invest. Uh, for example, the first time I miscast someone, so I went for um, a founder that I realized a few months after was disappointing. And disappointing, I would say in general, just because it would be kind of uh, psychologically unstable, wouldn't work as much as I expected, wouldn't be such a good human being. And uh, when you when we invest, we invest for five to ten years. So we want to make sure that we're gonna go along people we appreciate and we can go and drink a beer with. And uh, if you have problem communicating or taking a call with, then it shows that something has gone very wrong. And so one thing I do now is that I, I offer my services before I invest in a company just as a pretext of working for the founders. And it shows me uh, if I'm aligned with them, if I want to work with them, uh, if they see what kind of work I can do. So it's it goes in both directions. And I realized that it was much better to work on the project even if it was just for uh, two weeks uh, instead of counting on two or three meetings of two hours uh, to decide about the next 10 years of your life. So that's something I did. It just, um, it's just a lesson of a mistake I, I did in the past. And as usual, you try to correct it either through a method uh, or through a new understanding uh, of what's going on. And so since people is the most important element of company, uh, anything we can do to improve our judgment of characters help. Wow. That's really interesting the way that you mentioned that instead of having meetings for multiple weeks, you say, why don't you let me in? I want to be on the bus with you guys while you guys are working. That's a really interesting approach and something that we haven't heard on this podcast before. And it seems like a really smart approach, but you have to devote a lot of time. And obviously there are problems with scaling when something like that occurs. Um, one thing that I think is also interesting that you mentioned, because you touched up on a lot of points, is the fact that every single year you go over what you invested in, make sure that you're true to yourself and that you're still in the industry because you want to be in the industry for those reasons. One thing that we talk about a lot on this podcast is the fact that you shouldn't be in an industry just to chase the money. Money is really good, but money is not going to make you happy. Money is not going to be the reason you're up in the morning. Money is not going to be the reason when you're going to be 80 years old, you're going to feel fulfilled from your life. Money is not going to do that. What is going to make you fulfilled is accomplishing what you set your goal to. So for you, you wanted to change other people's lives. That's why you invest in healthcare. That's your goal. You're not really doing it for the money. If the money comes, great. That's just the benefit of the job. But you're more interested in the job aspect and helping other people. Um, one thing that one of the companies in your portfolio that is helping a lot of people is Anaconda Biomed. And it has a personal connection with you. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about the future of the company and what you think the global scale of a company like Anaconda Biomed could have? Yeah, well, it's a very interesting company because it deals with strokes. And strokes is uh, one of the main reasons of uh, 
public health problems uh, in the world. So there are 15 million people suffering of stroke every year and a lot of them die, unfortunately. And so Anaconda is just trying to invent the catheter, the third generation catheter, which is uh, going to save people. So if you see someone that is going down, there are two main reasons why that person could go down. It could be a heart failure or it could be a thrombus in the brain. And when it's a thrombus in the brain, then if you're taken in the next, next few hours, uh, the first hour is called the golden hour for obvious reasons, but up to 12 hours, it's very beneficial. You, you go to the hospital and then it, it looks like plumbing. There's no, not, a lot, not a single drop of blood that you're going to see, but um, they go with a catheter up to just behind the ear. They take the thrombus in general. They, they take away between everything and three quarters of the thrombus and then off you go and you, you live a normal life. At the moment, um, Anaconda, what is interesting is that it's a third generation. So to, to be able to access the market, we need to prove that the second generation is not as good as ours. And so we've done 73 patients in 2019 just uh, to prove the efficacy of, uh, of uh, the catheter. Now we are doing 30 more in 2022. And uh, the FDA in the US asked us to, to do um, more or less 200 patients between 2023 and 2024 to prove safety and efficacy. And in case it works, it's going to be, well, what we call um, the best tool for strokes, period. And wow. in that case, it's a company that be worth billions. Um, why it's interesting because why did I, why was I interested in such an arcane uh, universe? Uh, it's like simply uh, my father died of stroke, and so I uh, always saw the 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 vertical um, that is um, the brain in general and the stroke in particular as. Uh, something that I should invest time in and know better about. And in case I could have changed anything because my father, let's say, would live right now and I could help, that I would be very proud of him. He was a physician, so he would have understood very well that. And so it was very simple. Five years after he died, when I saw that there was a surgeon that was not happy enough with the catheter he was using and practically started to draw some stuff being like, this would be better, this would be... I was like, yeah, I really like it. And um, I went to Barcelona twice, as we discussed about. He was one of the best neurosurgeons in the world, so he knew what he was talking about. He started to think about uh, a colleague of him, at the time the company didn't exist, uh, that had done catheter, but not for the brain, for the heart. And he was like, he's done three catheter in his former life uh, for big companies. I don't see why he couldn't do uh, the same thing and, and, and be the project leader. Uh, for the brain catheter and and off we went and so at the beginning i remember the post money evaluation uh of the first one was nothing it was like one million and now it's uh, a company that is very successful and that uh, people should benefit from starting in 2025 so for me it's definitely a subject of pride Thank you so much, Frederic, for coming on to today's episode. We'll put all the links to Pi2 and all the other links so people could find you. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to the audience, now's your chance. Thank you again so much for coming on to today's episode. Uh, well, I'm really impressed that at your age, you already do all what you do. So well done, man. 